welcome to the West Cheltenham podcast. We want to see communities and places buzzing with the extraordinary presence of Jesus. Join us live on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30am. We really hope you enjoy this message. Hi everybody, my name's Dan. Uh, for those who don't know me, been living here for years and years and coming to this church. <laughs> Bit of a vicar in disguise, as, uh, as Rod said, or... Perhaps uh, as probably he and I would both prefer to be known, believers in Jesus who are disguised as vicars. There's a lovely moment in the book of Acts when uh, a couple of believers in Jesus just turn up in a city and uh, they go to the local synagogue and they get invited to preach a sermon. Basically, as soon as they were complete strangers, just walk in and they get invited to preach a sermon. Uh, brothers, would you, brothers, I think it's the, the words, would you like to share a word with us. And, and, and why are they able to do that? Well, probably because, most of all, because um, everyone in the room basically would know the Bible really well. The Bible, of course, the teaching from the old, what we call the Old Testament. Okay, they wouldn't know. There wasn't a New Testament at that point. They were busy living it um, into existence. But, uh, but, but they, 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 they're allowed to preach a sermon because there are people there who know the Bible so well that if you talk a load of rubbish, basically, people will know it. So it's, there's no harm. People can say anything, can't they? And there's no harm done because you can say, well, that was rubbish. So anyway, let's pray. Loving God, you know how sermons work better than anybody. And uh, so pray that you, uh, I did pray a while back that you were in the uh, preparation. So we trust that you were in the preparation. We also trust, Lord, that the words that are for people who are here today uh, would come from you, that uh, your spirit would blow uh, blow like a storm through what I'm going to say and just blow away everything that isn't relevant and I uh, hope, Lord, that that doesn't mean they hear 15 minutes of silence. Amen. <laughs> right. Did you see the Tewkesbury murmuration? Did you see the Tewkesbury murmuration? It was on the news. It's in the BBC. It's on the BBC website. You can see it. It happened on Wednesday evening, a week ago last Wednesday, uh, over the industrial estate where Sarah has her office. She was just going back to her car, Sarah, my wife, when she happened to look up, and there it was in the sky. An incredible sight, hundreds, and sometimes it's thousands of birds shoaling like fish in the air in what looks like an impossibly coordinated activity. Although it's a behavior humans have observed for hundreds of years, we remain unsure exactly how they do it without colliding with one another or indeed why they do it. It always happens in the evening as the birds come to roost. The RSPB website says that our best guess is that as with most behaviors, there's probably a number of benefits. It may be a way of getting their body temperature up before they settle together for, the, for a cold night. They may be sharing information of some kind, and it, uh, and it may make it harder for would-be predators to pick off individuals as they come back to their nest sites. Perhaps they're renewing their relationships, uh, checking in with each other, remembering who they truly are and what they are becoming. Whatever the reasons, whether the birds are aware of them or not, it must be an incredible feeling, an incredible sensation, flowing together, working as one, becoming more than individuals. 
Can it be that in these moments they experience a sense of connection with one another and with the rest of the created world? Perhaps for starlings, the murmuration isn't just an act of community. Perhaps it's an act of prayer. For a long time now, I've found silence has been a really valuable part of my prayer life. Silence isn't just about waiting on God, although it is that. Uh, it's also about experiencing unknowing, letting myself be before God as one who does not have answers, letting the things that occupy my mind be exposed to God's constant loving gaze. Because I value silence, I made a point of visiting several years ago the Quaker Meeting House here in Cheltenham. It's a profound and valuable experience and really quite rare in our society, sitting in silence with others for a set period of time. If you've never tried it, give it a go. At its best, it's like being part of a murmuration. Although it can also be difficult, can be boring, and you can be full of questions about whether you're wasting your time. But the Quaker project, if we can call it that, is to come to a common mind, to properly find community. It's interesting that they never vote on anything, because in a vote, there are always losers as well as winners. But even though they don't vote, they do still make decisions. And they don't just sit still, they also take action. In today's reading from Paul's letter to the believers in Corinth, he's pretty hard on them. You're still in infancy, he says. You haven't yet grown up. And the sign of that is that you're splitting into factions, each group choosing their favorite leader. But these leaders are all servants of Jesus. To break into factions over minor differences shows that at the moment, you're not God's people. You're just a group of people who have God in common. Sure, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am with them, Jesus says. His presence isn't the issue. The issue is whether you are being changed by him or are staying stuck in the ways of the world. Perhaps Dorothy Stang achieved the maturity Paul is driving at. Here she is, Dorothy Stang. She was certainly on the way towards it. Born in Ohio on the day that later became my birthday, she joined a religious order in 1948 dedicated to taking our stand with poor people especially women and children, in the most abandoned places. That was the vision of the order that she joined. Taking our stand with poor people, especially women and children, in the most abandoned places. That led her to teach in a few schools in the USA before going to Brazil in 1966. Her particular interest in Brazil was in teaching sustainable farming methods to poor settlers. Over three decades, she became more and more involved with trying to preserve the rainforest and defend the rights of these settlers against powerful ranchers who were trying to seize their lands. 
acts of violence against these small farmers became increasingly common, and she knew she was putting her own life in danger by supporting them. In 2004, she went to the capital, Brasilia, to give evidence before a congressional committee of inquiry into deforestation. She named logging companies who were invading state areas. Environmental organizations reckoned that 90% of the timber from Pará State was being illegally logged. Loggers reacted by calling her a terrorist. She and other local leaders began to suffer direct death threats, but she refused to be intimidated and continued her work. All through these years, she would have kept up the routine practice of her order, a daily practice of worship and prayer, including long times of silence before God and the service of those settlers to whom she was called. In prayer, especially silent prayer, we begin to let go of the ego, to begin to glimpse that we are becoming part of something bigger than ourselves. Then, just like the starlings, we begin to express a pattern that is wonderful, inexplicable, and which has the power to change those who see it. Over time, prayer becomes less about our ideas turned into words directed at God, and more about the work of God praying in us. Breathing, flowing, a prayer that comes out of us, not just in words, but also in action, in the way we live, until we achieve a kind of self-forgetting, flowing with what God is doing within us and others like us. The Quaker practice of silence the contemplation practice of religious orders, the group action of starlings, all teach us that we come to a place of inner stillness, a stillness that we carry within us. The mystery, or if you like, the surprise, is that we don't then find ourselves remaining still. The stillness of God is the still center of a storm that disrupts the world and tears down even the gates of hell. It's the stillness of the tiger that is about to spring, entirely focused upon its prey. The stillness of the deer at the edge of the wood listening. The stillness of the bird in flight who finds that suddenly the world and all its fellows are moving dynamically around her. The familiar landmarks disappear, the need for certainty, for rules, for familiarity, it all falls away and the bird becomes pure flight. Dorothy Stang was murdered on this day, 12th of February, 2005 on her way to a community meeting. Confronted by two armed men, she was questioned about whether she had any weapons. Her reply was to get out her Bible and read from Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Moments later, they gunned her down. She was 73 years old. 
There's a real beauty to be found in silent prayer, a oneness with God and with other believers that takes you out of yourself. Selfish immaturity is left behind and a deeper community with others is found. But with it comes another possibility, that you draw closer to the one who carried the cross. You draw closer to the one who carried the cross, who lost himself in the search for our wholeness. You become like him. I wanted to talk to you today all about the climate, about the ongoing struggle to resolve the climate crisis before it's too late. It's now clear that we've less than a decade left for things to turn around. I wanted to talk about all that. God steered me away from it when I was preparing this, and maybe in a way I have talked about it anyway. Let me leave you with these words of Jesus, not from Matthew's gospel this time, but from John's. The wind blows where it will, and you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with all who are born of the Spirit of God. The wind blows where it will, and you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with all who are born of the Spirit of God. Thanks so much for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, head to westchelt.org.uk or search Westchelt across social media. We love you. We can't wait to see you again.